This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Have any questions, comments, inspirational stories, or just announcements, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You know, this was a really cool week. I was on a trip in Denver, Colorado again. I was visiting Rocky Mountain Regional Airport this week and was able to visit two flight schools. What was really cool is being able to reach out and meet some listeners. Uh, during my visit to Western Air Flight Academy, I ran into one of the flight instructors, Kyle. Kyle's a listener and also a recipient of one of the scholarships found in our guide, which enabled him to move forward with one of his ratings. Uh, check out the flight school, westernairflightacademy.com. I'll put it in the show notes. You know, it, it really is uh, wonderful visiting and speaking directly with uh, one of our listeners. So uh, I'm actually going to be up in New Jersey uh, for my next visit. Not sure what airport. I'm always open to suggestions, but I'm going on vacation. And uh, as a matter of fact, this uh, we won't be doing another podcast next week. Or we might be. We're not sure yet uh, while I'm vaca- on vacation because I'm supposed to be concentrating on relaxing and enjoying myself. So that'll be a lot of fun. Of course, I'll bring my recorder with me. And if I get an interview, I'll place it out there or possibly even record a podcast while I'm there. So I'm really excited uh, going to the Marstown, Somerset, Solberg area. Uh, that's where I grew up. And going to also visit out in the Bethlehem Allentown area and then out on Long Island. And we'll be out that way too. So if anybody's in that area that wants to visit, I will post on my Facebook page, on my personal Facebook page, and even Aviation Careers Podcast uh, Facebook page where I might be. Uh, it'll be a last minute because I don't know exactly where I'll be. I know some of you have been asking me, hey, you know, is there any way I could visit or, or meet with you? So uh, I'm not sure how, how we've, we're going to arrange that, but. Uh, we've done it a couple times, uh, and it's been cool to visit with a few of you. The only worry I have is that if, say, I'm on a trip or something, and I don't get to meet you because maybe my flight canceled or something. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I guess I should go ahead and just go ahead and announce where I'll be and where you can meet me. So, yes, I'll be in New Jersey. Uh, I will probably be at Somerset Airport. I have to usually arrange with the flight school to make sure that I can stop by. I will put it out there on uh, on my Facebook. So check out my personal Facebook page and uh, and click on that and make friends with me or go to aviationcareerspodcast.com uh, so you can find out where I'll be. Anyway, a couple of announcements. Aviationcareerspodcast.com has the scholarships guide, of course, and career coaching and various courses online. Uh, don't forget to use the pay it forward coupon, all one word, pay it forward, uh, because through the generosity of others, you might receive a scholarships guide for free. You know, if you want to make a difference in someone's life, then you can also purchase a pay it forward coupon for somebody else. And for as little as $10, I mean, you can make a huge impact just like on Kyle's life uh, by purchasing that guide and, and making people aware of the scholarships that are out there. Uh, so, and if you want to purchase one for someone else, you can do that too. Just send us an email at feedback at aviationcursepodcast.com and uh, you can just do the pay it forward coupon, send us the receipt and tell us who you want to send the coupon to. 
So let's go ahead and get on with some of the questions that we have this week. Of course, like I said, I'm not sure if we're going to have an episode next week. That's why we're bringing this one out a little bit later this week, uh, because I will be on vacation. Of course, I can't go on vacation without visiting airports. And what I do is, if you're at your airport, you might see my card, uh, Aviation Careers Podcast. We all, the scholarships cards are out there. It tells you a little bit about how to get those scholarships, how to subscribe, that type of thing. It's really easy to do. Uh, anyway, let's move on with our first question says, uh, as I'm listening to your podcast, it occurred to me that your scholarship audience is geared towards high school and college students. My frustration comes from the fact that I'm a college graduate and I'm paying for my kid's college and will outage the airlines in six years. I have applied for many scholarships only to be overlooked and have the scholarships go to high school or college students or have attended a specific school. Since I have kids and grandkids, I need to stay close to home. This is not an option. My career is very slow to start, finally at the point that I am studying for my CFI, but again, it is. I can practice flying from the right seat or no money as much. I have to put it off again. Can you recommend scholarships to those of us who, with this career as our last career, kind of like, uh, like I said, with an encore career, and finally be able to do what we could by raising our family? Um, I know 99s and women in aviation are a good start, and yes, every year I apply, and every year I'm not in the group that gets the scholarship open to suggestions. So yes, here's the issue, is that a lot of those scholarships, 99s, women in aviation, uh, some of the others, they're a little bit more geared towards the people of high school and college, and I hear your frustration because most of our listeners and most of the people that do the career coaching are people that are career changers. Uh, in the coaching services that I have, the majority uh, don't come in for the interview prep and stuff like that that are younger because obviously they're in those colleges that have those available to them, have those coaching uh type of services or the you know resume services or the interview prep services right there on campus and they're able to work with each other but i will say this i, I hear your frustration it's the way it is with scholarships uh, and it's unfortunate but the needle is moving that's one thing to give you some encouragement the needle's moving there are organizations out there the more industry type organizations trying to promote the aviation industry by getting more people into flying those are the ones like the aopa and the eaa scholarship and certain other chapter scholarships uh, and certain other scholarships that are specific to, say, a demographic, et cetera, that are trying to get people into flying. And those are coming more and more. As a matter of fact, I've been trying to suggest that to many more people because I, I get it. I know they're focusing on the high school and focusing on the younger people to get into aviation as a career. To grow this industry, though, we need to look at those folks that are middle age and close to retirement doing things as an encore. And that's where I've been with most of the scholarships trying to push and the administrators of scholarships to push them towards using those scholarships for people like yourself that are, have kids, have grandkids, and are moving forward in their lives. Don't be discouraged. If you listen to Stuck Mike Avcast, our sister podcast, Victoria, she's got a scholarship for uh, for getting her CFI, and uh, she's been out of uh, college for a while, and she's a professional, and there's other professionals out there. So what I would love to do is if there's anybody out there uh, that has a scholarship, that has actually been awarded a scholarship, and you're post college education, please write us feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Tell us what scholarship you got so you can encourage people uh, like this person to to go forward and keep looking for scholarships. But I know it's a daunting task. I'd have to say probably half the scholarships in the guide are geared to those people that are a little bit younger. Interestingly, a lot of them say, and I think this is what you're running into, a lot of them say that they are available for people that are of any age. And I think that's uh, 
that's something that's important, but it's also something that sometimes when they're looking at somebody, they'll say, oh, you know, this person is more needs-based, et cetera, I've, and is going to have a whole career ahead of them. So sometimes they're looking at that. There is a, a little more bias to the younger folks. I'm trying to change that. I think I am doing a little bit of good work there, uh, and, uh, and I think your feedback is really, really important, especially those people that are looking for the scholarships and the people that are, are putting scholarships out there. Anyway, thanks for the question. I really appreciate it, and thanks for the feedback. But uh, those are the scholarships I would recommend are the ones that are more industry-specific, trying to grow the industry, that type of thing. Uh, they are in there. AOPA, like I said, is in the scholarships guide. Um, but, uh, but keep applying, even applying to those ones like you said. Uh, and you know, this week I'll be meeting with some folks from the 99s and when women in aviation. I'm trying to convince those folks that, yes, I get it. We're trying to promote this industry amongst young people, but, but we really need to grow this industry as a whole and not leave those middle-aged people behind. And those are people that are, are actually going to be spending more time in the industry because of their passion, their love for aviation. Those are the folks that are going to grow the general aviation community, not just the airline community. Anyway, thanks for the question. Next one comes in and says, hello, I've listened to many of your podcasts and wondered if you'd be willing to give me your quick two cents about a question I have. I'm an instrument rated pilot with approximately 500 hours of pleasure flying, considering switching careers. 42 years old, and pursuing a career of flying and would accelerate the remainder of my training to do so. I'd like to land a cargo carrier such as a Mariflight or perhaps a 135 that has a domicile in my area, such as a plane sensor similar, or perhaps even a regional airline. My question is this. Do all employer job applications ask if you've ever been cited for a FAR violation? Uh, I actually had a violation, had my license suspended for 90 days. If so, do you think if I explain the situation to an employer, would they be willing to overlook this, perhaps based on my overall candidacy? Or do you think that due to policy or some sort of perceived liability, an employer would simply not hire me due to the mistake I made? I really want to try and better understand this aspect before I pursue this full time. Any insights would be appreciated. Uh, if you would further like to discuss this during an hour of coaching, give me some pointers. I'd be glad to purchase an hour of your time and hear your guidance. Keep up the good work and thanks. Yes, uh, obviously I can't get into specifics. That's the reason we do the coaching. Uh, but yours is a general question. I, and I think it's going to help a lot of those people listening. But yes, they will ask you if you've ever been had a violation or an accident or an incident. Uh, have you ever failed check ride? They're going to ask all those things. And that's just the way it is during an interview. A lot of other people have done the same. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have violations, and they've actually been able to get flying jobs. The reason they're able to do that is this. Number one, you have to explain you know, what happened. Number two, if it was in the distant past, it helps a little bit more as there's more distance between you and the incident. And you know, admit, this is what happened. Uh, I knew that, uh, you know, that I grew from this, etc., and then go forward from there. It, it, it all depends on what it is as far as the violation is concerned. Is this something that you did that was purposeful? Uh, is, was it egregious? That type of thing. And even with that, if you can explain and say, hey, listen, I, I learned from it. I'm moving forward. But don't let it stop you from a career. Just make sure you have an answer for that question. Ready to go. And you are able to answer the, the interviewer's question as to, uh, have you ever been cited for an FAR violation? And if you say yes, uh, license ever been suspended? Yes. You tell them what happened, you move forward from there. You'd be surprised how many airline pilots are flying that have had suspended certificates. 
Uh, you know, if you look at the airlines, of course, this these are people that have, are there already. You see some people get suspended licenses while, or certificates, I should say, while they're at the airlines. I've seen it happen, and they're still able to move forward in their career. It's really tough, obviously. Uh, it's it's real psychologically, it's, it's tough. Uh, when the FA comes knocking on your door and you're trying to, you know, explain these things to them and you're really, you feel like you're alone, I get it. Uh, I see it quite a bit. But just uh, if it's something like, I, I think in your instance, it was something uh, that really wasn't that uh, egregious and, uh, you know, there was, it was an incident during flying, then yes, I mean, you just explain it to them and say, hey, this is what happened, this is what I learned, and this is how I'm moving forward with my career, my life in flying. Uh, so yeah, don't don't let it stop you, um, but also make sure you're ready for that interview question. Anyway, thanks for the question. I really appreciate it. Moving on to the next question says, Hi, I'm a graduate from university where I received a degree in aviation management. I've been working on my private pilot license for a long time now and finally preparing for my check ride in the next couple of months, hopefully weeks. Well, I Good luck with that, by the way. As I earn my private, I hope to move forward and apply to flight schools as a full-time student through the regional airline I work for. Although it's a ways away and not uh, certain, if admitted into the flight program, I could receive up to 50% off tuition. As incredible as that is, it still leaves a large amount of payment left, which I'd love to cover with scholarships. I heard you on the Airplane Geeks podcast episode, Aviation Career Opportunities, where you discussed the many scholarship opportunities available. Hearing you talk about it got me really excited and hopeful that there may be a way for me to gain my training without having to take any loans and create financial stress for myself. Visit your podcast website and discover the resources you have available to learn and apply for certain scholarships. I'll certainly stay active on your site and keep my open for scholarship opportunities, but was wondering if there were any specific scholarship opportunities for those who fit my situation. In addition, any advice you may have for me would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for taking the time and doing what you do. It was a pleasure hearing you at the podcast and informing listeners of all the positive knowledge that you have about flight training and aviation industry in general. Hope to hear back from you. Thanks. Well, I appreciate the question, and uh, I also appreciate what you're doing because it is, you know, the, here you are, you're, you're basically moving on uh, again, a career changer, quote unquote, somebody who's postgraduate. This is the toughest, uh, quote unquote, toughest section uh, of the scholarships out there or the application process, but they're out there. Again, you have to keep looking. Um, there's other avenues to go. Obviously, there's loans and that type of thing. And I know you don't want to take too many loans. Uh, but if this is something that is going to help you move forward in your career, uh, there are times when, yes, uh, a loan is appropriate, especially if you're learning a skill like this. That's going to be something that you can use in the future that can make you actually some money. So it really is important to know that uh, there might be that possibility of taking out loans and don't let that stop you. But uh, getting 50% off tuition, that will be awesome if you got into that program. Uh, if you do have, uh, you know, some of these types of scholarships are needs-based, uh, that may actually be a minus saying, hey, look, this person already has uh, tuition, uh, some tuition paid for. Why should we look at this person? Uh, I'm not that type of person. When I'm looking at a scholarship applicant, I'm the type of person that says, is this person passionate about what they want to do? Is this somebody that's going to stay inside the industry? Is this someone's going to help our industry and grow our industry, even if you don't go to the airlines? 
It's more. It's very important to grow our pilot population to grow this industry in general, and that's the aviation industry in general because we don't see as many people purchasing aircraft as we used to. We're seeing more people getting involved in flight clubs, etc. And so there are some out there that are specific for the areas and the clubs, etc. But uh, but yeah, I would say that again, looking at some of those scholarships that are industry specific, it would be really really important so uh, anyway thanks for that question I appreciate it and I really think that it's important if you're you're looking at putting a plan together obviously you can get together with us for some career coaching and, and by the way on the coaching side of things I know that a lot of people complain that they've had a book a few weeks out I've actually uh, been quite busy with that and of course we do the resume review and the interview preparation there's a lot of stuff on the internet out there as far as getting ready for the interviews basically what we do is kind of a, a last cleanup hey are you ready for this interview or not it's usually about an hour long it might be up to three hours long depending on on how much preparation you've done uh, for the most part it's a great way to get some feedback uh, on that interview process but as far as trying to find you scholarships I know there's, uh, we've been getting more and more feedback. You know, what can you do to help us as far as getting a scholarship? We may go back to something we did a while ago. God, this is going back a few years ago. We would do a, a scholarships coaching type of service where, um, you know, it was basically, and I can't remember what it was, it was a certain amount of money, and then we would find you a certain number of scholarships that fit your specific situation. Uh, again, we guaranteed that you got a scholarship that would pay for that uh, coaching, that scholarships coaching service. We may bring that back again, uh, depending on what happens and uh, if that's something that you might be interested in. So if you are interested in that, uh, shoot me an email. Uh, basically, it's uh, it's something that we did as a service. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. It was like five, six years ago. And, uh, and basically, I think it was like $100 and we would guarantee you would at least get $100 worth of scholarships or your money back. So, um, But it definitely, um, it definitely would be worth it. We basically would name up to, I think it's 10 scholarships. Uh, you would apply for those scholarships. If you were unable to get those scholarships, we'd continually rotate through more until you did. Or if you didn't, then we would just refund you the money. Uh, we haven't had anybody we'd had to refund the money to because we've had such a high success rate with that. So we're thinking about bringing that back. I'd like to hear your opinion about whether we should or not, but uh, really, really would appreciate hearing about that. And uh, let's do one more question, and then I'm going to head out to vacation. But with that said, I'm going to try to bring my recorder with me. Uh, another thing, by the way, this is a careers podcast, so uh, I'm supposed to be doing the same thing as far as uh, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk. You're supposed to take time off when you're on vacation. My problem is uh, I really like this industry so much. It's really hard for me to disconnect from the podcast and all the other things for a week. I'm actually, even on my vacation, I'm doing one coaching session because I forgot to block out my vacation. My wife reminded me that I'm going on vacation and it's also our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, so I need to take some time off. Um, but for me, this is, I know it sounds strange, but this is almost, this is kind of, this is fun. I love doing this, and I love reaching out and, and meeting people. So uh, you might see me handing out cards and putting my Aviation Careers podcast cards out there at different airports. Uh, and uh, and if you see me, just you know, grab me and talk to me. Again, we're going to try to do some uh, local seminars if we can as far as talking to some of the folks out there at certain flight schools. And uh, it might be a little bit last minute, but like I said, uh, check out the, the actual Facebook page is when I'll, I'll be announcing that. 
Uh, so, so I am walking the walk, talking the talk. I am going on vacation, but if I do have some free time, we are doing a relaxing vacation, visiting with friends and family through the Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey area. And I would love to just tell you, hey, I'm going to be at uh, such and such an airport. Come say hi. Uh, anyway, let's move forward on the last question. It says, I am currently a 12-year veteran of a large law enforcement agency. I'm an Army veteran. After having several years attached to and working relationships with our aviation department, my goal is to get onto the aviation unit as a pilot. Agency has both fixed wing and rotary. I have my FA medical complete and an official student pilot with zero hours. Awesome. Hey, congratulations on that. Uh, I want to primarily fly rotary, but in order to be competitive during this selection and check ride, I was told I should get my commercial in the rotary, at least possibly an instrument in the fixed. This would be cheapest way for me to build up flight time, but it might not be the fastest. Do you have any thoughts on as to this process? Additionally, I'm going to purchase a scholarships guide, but do you have any recommendations from my perspective? I very much enjoy the podcast. Keep up the great works. Thanks. Uh, yeah, in the in the scholarships guide, there are some rotary wing uh, scholarships out there. We're adding more of those uh, as we update the scholarships guide every month. The one of the things that and I'm. I just need a little clarification on your situation. As far as being less expensive, um, if you're somehow getting the commercial rotary paid for and then you're moving on to the fixed wing, it's just a, the add-on, uh, the, you know, like the commercial single engine and maybe the, the instrument and all, uh, then that might be cheaper if, if they're paying for it. If, if not, the rotary wing without a scholarship is definitely a little bit more expensive way to go. Uh, it's, it's cheaper, obviously, to do the fixed wing. Uh, so it's something you might want to think about is getting those ratings first, unless there's some way through your your Army benefits, your veteran benefits, that uh, you are able to get the rotary uh, complete. And I think that's what you're implying by the question here. Uh, so if you are using your benefits, uh, make them go as far as you can. And the most expensive thing, obviously, would be the, the rotary, but you really need to think about if you're going to do both, there is the fact that you're going to have to have that instrument uh, multi-engine uh, rating. If you're flying single engine, obviously instrument single engine. And uh, and as far as getting the commercial and the rotary, yes. there. And I think I kind of know what, you know, getting a feeling for what you're talking about. Yes, you should get the commercial and the rotary and move forward there if that's the agency I'm thinking about. But other than that, the cheapest way for you to build flight time is yes, doing the single engine, doing the the fixed wing, the the rotary is so much more. Another way to do it less expensively, obviously, is to join some clubs. Another thing too, think about this as a possibility. I know it sounds crazy, but even the possibility of purchasing one. I've done that with the people in the past. Um, talked about the purchasing of an aircraft. There's way. I mean, I own an aircraft, and honestly, it doesn't really cost me that much money as far as building lots of time in it. Uh, it does get expensive, but uh, it's it's not you know crazy expensive. The more hours you put on it, actually, the the you know the cheaper it is. As a matter of fact, the plane is on leaseback, so it actually kind of it makes money that kind of thing. So there's um, there's just you know some of those things you got to look at as far as um, doing the the leasebacks, possibly putting it in a club, possibly if you get an airplane that type of thing. So there's many ways to build those hours and build the flight hours. So. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, yes, it all depends on whether you're getting benefits uh, from the military and using those military benefits. But uh, speaking of military benefits, as some of you know, I'm very involved in the American Legion. I'm in the Sons of the American Legion. I'm, I'm on my way to a meeting actually right now to talk about raising money for the different organizations. We try to help uh, 
you know, families of veterans primarily, and uh, and those folks that are in situations that uh, they might need certain help with their the children too. You know, and that's really what we look to is helping with scholarships, that type of thing for veterans. Really good organizations out there, great service organizations. These are the type of one of organizations you might want to look towards. I am working a little bit more with the the Legion. The American Legion, by the way, is really big, uh, and they are a wonderful organization. If you've never heard of it, you may have heard of American Legion Baseball. Uh, but they're a service organization that has done a great job of helping our veterans in the past and also in the future. So I'd really, uh, I'd, I'd say you should really look into it. Uh, I know that a lot of people, the perception is that it's an organization, it's a drinking party. But uh, yes, they have their bars and stuff like that. Uh, but there, there's so much more. There's a lot of people out there that are involved. And it's not just about uh, the social organization. It's about much more. And it's about uh, looking after our veterans and helping the veterans and making sure that um, you know, they get actually not just uh, the benefits that they deserve, but also uh, try to help them get more benefits in the future. So really good organization. I really highly recommend it. I want to give thanks a lot for all those questions. I really appreciate them. I'm uh, very excited about the coming years in aviation as far as uh, all aspects of it. Not just airlines. It's not just about airlines. It's all aspects of aviation. There's so many other careers out there in aviation, corporate aviation. Most of my really good friends are in the corporate side of the world. I know I don't talk about that much. It, it's really interesting because especially where I am, where I live, I live amongst a lot of folks that are into private aviation and they absolutely love that job. I wound up going the airline side. Uh, honestly, I could be flying a 172, I'd be happy. Trust me, it's just, I love being up in the airplane. I will say one thing though, the 172's air conditioner is not as good as the jet I fly. Uh, that would be the only big difference. <laughs> Otherwise, it, it's, all, it's all fun flying. And that's what you have to look at is when you're looking at a career, if you're looking at changing careers, you're looking at maybe, you know, doing something different in aviation. It may not be the airlines. Um, I, you know how I always talk about the regional airlines. The, when I talk about the regional airlines, it may be the end. That's where your career is going to stay and end. But it also is a great stepping stone even into private aviation because you can build so many hours. And that's the reason I, I stress the regionals. And it's, just, it's very time specific because there's so many other cool jobs out there. It's just it, currently there's, there's so much hiring going on at the regionals. There's such a shortage of qualified pilots out there at the regional airline level. People ask me as far as the major airlines, is, is there that big of a of shortage there? Not really. Uh, it's the regionals. The airlines that are uh, creating a lot of these programs, they're getting hit with the shortage because when the regionals get hit, they get hit. That's the majors, right? And what do I mean by that? A lot of the major airlines, the majority of their flying is done by regional airlines. If you see an airline move into a certain airport and they say, hey, we're announcing service, and you think it's the major airline going in there, many times it's not. Many times it's the regional that's moving in there. So those folks are not getting jobs at the majors. That's why I say that there's not going to be as much of a, a shortage at the majors. There's so many regional pilots out there, and there's so many airlines that have regional affiliates. There's some that don't, but there's many that do. So you wind up flying for that. When you say you fly for, say, American Airlines, that's a good, good example. American Airlines, uh, a lot of their flying is done by the regionals. United Airlines, much of their flying is done by the regionals as far as number of takeoffs and landings, which includes many different flight crews out there. And then, and that's just a choice they made uh, is to allow a lot of these 
people to fly on the the smaller jets. Those regional jets used to be what was at the major level. Now they're at the regional level. Uh, so uh, some of that, what they call the scope, has kind of shifted over to the regional world. And so a lot of people that were flying bigger planes uh, or those small, quote-unquote, small planes, those planes used to be at the major level. Now those size airplanes are at the regional level. So that's where you're, you're seeing a lot of folks moving into that world. Really cool planes, uh, but that's just the, the way that that has all transpired. And uh, it, puts a, it puts a burden on the majors because think about this is that they need that lift. If they can't get the regional airline pilots to fly those routes, they probably aren't going to fly those with some of the bigger planes. So again, that's why it affects the majors as far as a business, not as far as the number of pilots at the majors. That's, those are two different things, by the way. There's the business of an airline that has many regionals associated and affiliated with it. And then there's the airline pilot hiring. That's another part of it. Airline pilot hiring is at a major airline comes from a lot of these regional airlines. And that's why I talk about how there's not going to be much of a shortage at the major side, uh, but there's definitely a shortage on the regional side. If there were no regionals, uh, like, for instance, there are certain airlines that don't have regionals, then, yeah, I mean, they they're might have a challenge, but not right now uh, because there are so many uh, regionals that they need to rely on to get that feed so and also to get the pilots. So, again, two different things. There's the business of flying, and, uh, and those airlines really want to see that lift, and that's why you see all these new programs that are out there. American, United, Delta, uh, JetBlue, Spirit, all these different airlines are doing different programs as far as hiring is concerned, and a lot of them are going through their regionals because they definitely need that lift out of there. Out there. Uh, and they're, another way that they're hel- it's helping, they're going to bigger planes, and their big, bigger planes are going to the regionals. Need less pilots to fly the same number of people when you get a bigger plane. Uh, it's, it's a simple model. Anyway, uh, so really, I think what you need to do is just start looking at this as a, this career and saying to yourself, yes, this is something I want to do. Uh, how do I keep moving forward? Am I excited about this industry as a whole? Yes. Is it something that's growing? Yes. And it has more to do with the population growth and the availability of people, regular people, to buy purchase tickets before not, not everybody could afford a ticket. The ultra-low-cost carriers showed up, and now it's really democratized the aircraft or airline travel uh, throughout the country and the world. So that's a, that's a really cool thing, I think. Anyway, so um, please send me emails, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Follow me on Facebook. I might start doing this because I've been telling people to, to hook up with me on LinkedIn. There's not quite as many people on LinkedIn uh, but I will start, I actually, I'll announce it out there too, where I might be and what airport. Uh, and I'm not sure how to do that on LinkedIn, but I'll figure it out. I know how to do it on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that other stuff. Um, but, uh, but I'll just announce what, what city I'll be in. So look for me there. Uh, look at my Instagram page. I'm starting to put a little more, uh, pictures out there flying, uh, getting a little more involved in, in sharing, uh, of, of the aviation and, and the loving of aviation. So, But most importantly, I think what we need to do is when we're looking at a career is not just sit here and listen to me right now. What I want you to do is I want you to get out of your chair and or when you get to your destination, you're listening in the car, you're on your bicycle, hiking through the mountains, whatever you're doing. I want you to do something today to move forward in your career. It could be something really simple. It could be just writing down, hey, I need to look up these industry scholarships. It could be something as simple as, hey, I need to research uh, how I can actually build time less expensively, put a plan together. It may be something where you might want to start 
talking to your friends, your spouse, your uh, family, and talk about what you're going to do to move forward. But the most important thing that you can do to move forward in your career is do something today. Take that one step right now to move forward in your career. Well, folks, I'll talk to you next episode. It'll probably be after vacation. I can't wait to tell you some uh, cool flying stories and visits that I had at airports. Check me out on Facebook and also follow uh, Aviation Careers Podcast on Facebook. Let you know if I'm going to be at an airport close to you. Take care. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved. 